You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again to everybody from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's Thursday, March the 29th, and this is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us, as usual, is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Uh, good morning, Craig. Uh, lots of uh, chaos and uh, stresses out there, so uh, let's get to it. Let's do. Uh, Eric, though, as you know, uh, we usually do these weekly wrap-ups on Friday, but today is instead Thursday because it's a holiday weekend, and tomorrow is Good Friday. And uh, this weekend alone, our friends at Sprout Money have a very exciting Easter promotion for our listeners. From now until Easter Monday, you can actually buy 100-ounce silver bars from the Royal Canadian Mint for just 79 cents over spot. 79 cents over spot. Please visit SprottMoney.com for more information. And again, this offer is only valid until Easter Monday. So you got it. That'll give you something to do this weekend. Uh, Eric, it's going to be an interesting weekend. We are uh, watching the stock market. We're watching the bond market. But let's start with gold and silver. You know, it was just last Friday. You mentioned that we were within uh, spitting distance of this new uh, bull market high for this new bull market. Instead, we got the spit kicked out of us these last couple of days. Uh, what do you what do you make of the action this week? Is it just the end of the quarter window dressing stuff? Well, I think the end of quarter and options expiry have a lot to do with it. You know, the things that go on in the precious metals markets are just ridiculous. And normally at month end they're weak, right? And the, the same thing happened last month. I remember we were close again and it sells off. And sure enough, you know, as the month unfolds, it gets right back, almost testing. You know, it went to a new high in the month versus the month before, but. We never really did um, crack that barrier of like 1360. Uh, 13 um, so I and of course there's all these weird, weird things going on in Comex and and the option market and the um, the exchange for physicals that go over to the UK that all of which make no sense whatsoever. And in 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 a market where the price of gold is going down, I mean it just makes no sense. And, and really nobody understands exactly how you can ship the delivery of, uh, you know, 200 tons of gold a month over to London when we only mine 200 tons of gold in a month. So it's, it's kind of silly, but uh, that's where we're used to putting up with, and um, hopefully our, our day is yet to come. So It was interesting to note, again, Eric, in uh, February, uh, big exports of gold from the U.S., the U.K., the U.A.E., all of those going into Switzerland – and then once again, uh, the big exports from Switzerland going to China and India. Uh, I mean, we're talking 70, 80, 90 metric tons again. Isn't that remarkable? I mean, yeah. last I checked, uh, you know, the U.K. has got a really big mining industry over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like zero. Uh, and it's always interesting when you see the flow from the U.K. into Switzerland. That's telling you. That's central bank gold for sure. And the fact that the U.S. would be an exporter is kind of ridiculous, too, Um you know, they, they certainly should be able to consume their own uh, annual gold production. Uh, so if, if they haven't exported, that might also be from sort of government sources. So uh, all, the, all the data that we see, the buying, even the ETFs, you know, uh, when, when gold was pushing to 1350, there was lots of buying of ETFs, by the way, uh, which is supposed to turn into physical gold buying, uh, whether it ever does or not. Uh, it's hard to tell. Right. Um, but uh, we, say, we saw that even in our own um, ETFs, that there was a fair amount of gold buying and silver buying, for that matter, as prices were moving up here. So I think if we can get it going up again, 
there, there's more and more reasons. When I think of the, the competition to gold, uh, the first thing you think of is, is stocks, which are showing a lot of vulnerability here. Bitcoin, of course, or cryptocurrencies was by far the biggest thing that would have drawn people, you know, people that don't like banks, they don't like governments, they don't like fiat currency, they go to cryptocurrencies. And that, that sucked a lot of money away from the gold market. But as we're kind of finding out here, as we look at what's happened to these cryptocurrencies when they're down like over 60%, uh, that is, um, that's, I don't think it's just a little a little correction or anything, okay? I think it's telling you that the gig's up here, and uh, you better, if you want to uh, take not have fiat currencies and get out of the banking system, you should own precious metals, not cryptocurrencies here. Yeah. So, and then, then the market, you know, it'll be a whole discussion where the stock market's going from here. Well, that's right, and I think that's the main thing we should discuss uh, here on this uh, fine Thursday morning. Uh, it's a rather interesting dichotomy going on. You've got the stock market that is just clinging to support, trying not to break down. Uh, all this concern about trade wars, and, and that's having an influence on the dollar. But, Eric, I, I, the most interesting thing, I think, since the Fed meeting last week is that the LIBOR rate has continued to climb to multi-year highs. That's a short-term funding rate. But yet the bond market has rallied, meaning long-term interest rates have fallen. In fact, uh, right after that Fed meeting, the 10-year note got to 2.94%. This week, it t just yesterday, it got down to 2.74%. That's quite a flattening of the yield curve going on, Eric. What? Yeah. How, how do you? How does that all play out in your mind? How do you see this? Uh, well, well, it's kind of it's kind of shocking when you think that uh, we we have all this issuance going on. Uh, we have uh, people threatening not to buy the bonds, i.e., China and Russia, whatever. Um, and, and people saying that there's this, you know, great economy, and yet yields are going down. And as you point out, it's, it's quite a dichotomy. Normally, bonds are telling you the economy sucks. And uh, I've always been in the camp that the economy has been held together simply by low interest rates. And the minute they start going up, it's over. And I look at, you know, the Fed's sort of statement that they're certain they're going to have, you know, three rate increases this year. And three next year. I'm telling you, man, you put that in the equation, it just spells doom and gloom for stocks and profits and um, budget deficits. I mean, it's just staggering. I, I read a data point where we have $350 trillion of debt. Well, $350 trillion of debt, a 1% increase in rates is $3.5 trillion. A, a total 2% increase in rates is $7 trillion. I don't even know that the world makes $7 trillion in a year. So, we can't deal with interest rates moving up as, as much as is being suggested, but they are in the short end. And, of course, the long end is reading through it all and saying, okay, this is going to lead to a disaster, and I think bonds, 10-year bonds are a safe bet. So that's sort of my um, uh, analysis of it. So does that eventually lead to, I mean, is the Fed just uh, whistling past the graveyard trying to tell us that they're going to be hiking rates all year long and next year? I mean, does that just lead to a complete disruption of that plan and instead they have to reverse and start cutting rates again? Well, of course, they must love the action of the bond market, but they certainly won't like the action of the stock market here, you know, where we've had these uh, pretty good corrections so far. And we're right on some key technical lines. Not that I'm a technical guy, I'm not. Uh, but you can kind of smell a problem in stocks here, okay? I mean, it, the, first of all, when the stocks went up over the last 
whatever, five or seven years. It was always on low volume. I mean, there was never any commitment. It's almost like someone else was in there just forcing things up, whether it's high-frequency traders or whether it's the hand of the, the government or whatever. Uh, it just everything was always up, but the volume was never, ever confirmed. Even in the uh, update that we had this week, the volume fell like a stone on the update, but then on the down day, the volume was very, very strong. So it looks, to, and, and it, you, you look at the comments of people who've run money for a long time, they're, for the most part, they're very concerned about where we're going to be. And, of course, all i got to do is look at where rates going to be. Are we going to have a 3.5% Treasury bill in, uh, in 12 months or 18 months? What's going to happen to housing and car sales and uh, uh, income statements? Like, it's, it's not good. I mean, the math's right there for anyone to look at. So I, I put it, I put the market's woes down to LIBOR way more than I do to uh, to a trade war. Yeah, would you agree with the statement that the Fed has kind of kind of painted themselves into a corner? Because if uh, long rates go up, they're going to crush the U.S. economy and the consumer and and uh, the service, the debt service issue that you mentioned. But if long rates keep going down, they're going to inv- invert the yield curve. So it seems yeah. as if they're in a, a bit of a corner, doesn't it? Well, of course, the, the short rates are going up, right? So if you're a borrower, <laughs> you're paying. You know, when right. your bank says, you know, I have a loan, for example, at LIBOR Plus. Well, you know, when LIBOR goes up, it costs me more. Most loans are based on LIBOR. So most companies, their cost of doing business, and even for governments, for example, most of the U.S. paper that's out there these days is short term. So they're going to be paying a lot more. Um, for all this borrowing that they're going to have this year, you know, the trillion plus of borrowings, uh, it'll be up 100 basis points, in the, certainly in the front end. Um, it's probably still up in the back end, even though the uh, bond market, the rates have, have improved here. I, I just think that the, the bond market has it right. Uh, I think the best thing that could happen for us is this, that the market breaks here, the stock market breaks, and then the Fed, hmm, Mm-hmm. And it has that moment, you know, like, what are we doing here? Uh, we should have known all along that when you have zero interest rates and you're printing money and then you reverse it, <laughs> bad things happen. <laughs> and there is, and bad things are starting to happen. And uh, we haven't been that long into it yet. So I, I think that there might be a reversal of Fed policies as the year unfolds. I hear you there. Let's, uh, let's just wrap by uh, turning back to the metals. Uh, as we wrap up the first quarter, it looks as if gold is going to finish up uh, the quarter on the plus side. That'll make it the third consecutive quarterly gain, which, believe it or not, that's the first time that's happened since 2011. So that's just another sign of this, uh, yep. this renewed bull market that we're in. But I want to ask you, Eric, about the, the, the COT report, the Commitment of Traders report. There's a lot of attention being paid to this, and you and I have discussed this last couple of weeks, but I want to hit it again just because of the historic nature of it that we're seeing in silver. The large speculators have a net short position, the largest ever recorded. And the commercials, the banks, uh, being down to where they're basically neutral. They're not even short anymore. Uh, yeah. It's not a trading indicator, but uh, what does uh, your experience tell you about uh, that, that report sure. and what it means? Well, we have to watch it because the commercials kind of run the market. And uh, if they're going to turn around and go net long silver, you can certainly imagine the price is way more likely to go up than go down. And, of course, they're just they're just pooching off the uh, technical funds all the time. That's their business, right? Their business is to take money from their clients and uh, 
and they've just found a, a group of suckers that keep watching these uh, trend lines. And, you know, if, if you're going down through the 100-day, you sell it. If you, you know, if you're going back up through the 100-day, you buy it. And, of course, these guys, the commercials, can just orchestrate that because yep. they have such deep pockets and there's no delivery asked for. So, come on, let's just, you know, it's just money. And um, when you have the kind of balance sheets that the commercial banks have, you can throw a lot of money at this and, and end up every month, every quarter, in and out, you make a profit on the precious metals. So, but, but as you're pointing out, the cot is very, very favorable now for a, a significant a change in direction here, um, in particularly silver, uh, because it's just been languishing all year long. I'm, I'm happy to see that gold's gone up for three months in a row. Uh, I would also point out it's gone up for two years in a row, and now we've got the third year. Now, when do you finally say, hmm, maybe it's not in a bear market? You know, we always talk like it's in a bear market, uh, but we've had now, you know, two and a quarter years of the price of gold going up, so... Someday we'll come to realize that, you know, it's not that bad an investment here, particularly when you see Bitcoin and bonds that are in a bear market and that maybe stock going in a bear market. Hey, we've been in a bull market for two and a half years here. Get on board. Get on board is right. And Eric, uh, just one last thing. In order to get on board, the folks at Sprott Money have a very exciting deal for storage clients for the month of April only. So get on board next month. Storage clients can buy a one-ounce gold Britannia from the Royal Mint in the UK for only 30 bucks over spot. 20, actually, it's less than that. I can't even read this stuff right, Eric. I got, my, I got to get my glasses on. Twenty five ninety nine over spot. That's 26 bucks over spot. That's an even better deal. If you aren't a storage client, you too can take advantage of this deal, though. Simply open a storage account with us, and you'll get access to this exclusive offer. Visit SprottMoney.com to open a storage account today. Eric, it's going to be a, uh, a long three-day weekend, so I wish you a happy Easter and a, uh, a peaceful weekend. But then we've got a big week next week with the employment report coming on Friday. First week of the quarter should be very active. I look forward to talking to you then. It'll be a lot of fun, Craig, and I'm looking forward to it. You have a good weekend, too. Thank you. And from all of us at Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com, have a happy, safe, peaceful Easter weekend, and we will talk to you next Friday. <laughs> 